Hello, everybody. Welcome to Real Brave Live. On May 26, 1967, the Beatles released their eighth studio album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Little, a little ditty, if you will. Uh, and also, what we'd like to talk about today, besides the Beatles, another little band called Aerosmith. Uh, and that's it, guys. Thanks for watching. All right, take care. Um, yeah, uh, Aerosmith released a very famous song in their comeback in uh, May 12, 1998. Another comeback for them. Part of a movie called Armageddon. Yep. We're going to talk about both those things uh, here on... Real Brave Live. Perfect. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I started playing Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in the wrong key. Oh. Why, why'd you do that? I don't know. And now I can't Isn't it just like, it's, it's just major chords going up and up and up and up a couple steps? It's in G. It was 20 years ago today. Uh, how's it start, though? Go today, Brian. I think he's more or less got it. Right? Yeah, no, you had it there. And we blew it. So it was considered an early concept album uh, by musicologists. Are you a musicologist? No. Um, are you a music? You're definitely a musicologist. It, not, a, not, not officially. What no. the hell is a musicologist? One who studies music. Musicology? Yeah. Prince's 2004 comeback album? Ah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was he named Prince? That was, that was after he came back as Prince, yes. Okay. Sgt. Pepper pushed the boundaries of sound composition, extended form, and psychedelic imi uh, imagery, apparently. It was also praised for his innovati uh, innovative production techniques and graphic design and for bridging the gap between popular music and high art. Is that true? High art. Hello, Art. Hi, Art. How are you? Sup, Art. The idea for Sgt. Pepper came to Paul McCartney during a return flight to London in no November 1966 after the Beatles had permanently retired from touring. Yeah, I guess you could make the argument that it's a proto-concept album. Mm -hmm. I mean, it starts and ends with the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's just like other tunes on there that don't really fit within that. Billy Shear? Well, so McCartney had said that he, he envisioned it like the Beatles were playing different bands on each track. Like it was this variety show, right? And so Sgt. Pepper's is the house band, and they introduce Billy Shears, he comes out, and then all the other songs are like other folks doing these songs. So I guess it's a concept in that way, but the songs don't really tie together. Into like Not like The Wall or Tommy, right? right. Where, there, yeah, where there's right. a story, but it's a concept in the sense of like it's all the same show you're watching. I get it. Yeah, okay. Then I definitely get that because this is a very eclectic album. Yeah. Now, I'm not a um, a tome of useless information like Brian is. I could have sworn that Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane were on the album. Recorded they, during the same sessions, but not on uh -huh, the album. Aha, there you go. Uh, but they weren't put on the album. So they were actually put on a casingle. Uh, casingle? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know what a casingle is? I would imagine that it's a cassette tape. With one song on it. Uh, one song on each side. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But it was really a record because they didn't have singles then. Could double. It was a, <laughs> well, it was a single. Like record. A, a single has an A side and a B side, right? Oh, I so, see, yeah. Which okay. is a single. Which is, it's a double. Let's call it what it is. But it, it was, they were pressured. And the interesting thing that um, I, th I think that those are probably the two of my, well, 
Penny Lane's kind of annoying, but f- Strawberry Fields. Penny Lane's annoying. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's McCartney being his Mc- Well, McCartney. what I love about those is that it was Lennon and McCartney each writing a song about their childhoods. And Lennon's is this like sad ode to solitude and trying to find your place in the world. And McCartney's is like, we're going to the barbershop. Yeah, <laughs> <Because laughs> it's a very happy childhood and Lennon didn't. And so that's just good. that's a good point. You know, it's just it, it's it's very indicative of who they were. So you said you had a lot to say about the Sgt. Pepper concept in the album. Is uh, it music based or is it just Yeah, uh, mostly music based. Like my one of my favorite a couple of my favorite tunes are on this album. Within You Without You is like all one of the all time for me. Um and that's where you know, you look at like a montage of the sixties and you hear sitar. Yeah. You know, the Beatles, George Harrison is responsible for bringing that element of Indian culture to the Western world. And it just becoming somehow synonymous with dropping acid. I don't know exactly <laughs> how that happened, but that's, yeah. And it's a great song. It's like the bu- the lyrics are beautiful. I'm not like a huge lyric guy, but life goes on within you and without you. It also has that really cool mix of Indian classical and Western classical. Cause there is a string quartet on there it quartet along on with it. the sitar and the mm-hmm. timbre and all There's that. A lot of like call and response between the two of them. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, you're talking about the LSD generation started around then, right? Yeah. So it was it was a banned substance. It was supposed to be for. Did you did you guys watch the uh, documentary on it on, on the LSD on LSD? Yeah. On the LSD. On the LSD, the one the one and only. No. It's good. Did you see it, Brian? I don't think so. I I'd like to. Yeah, it's interesting to see. Like it was really it was for development of psychedelic. Uh, depressionary type uh, medicines but then they realized wow it does something else <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't allowed to use it and then it got into hands of people yeah they wanted to use it to treat like alcoholism uh, other like yeah psychological like depression or anxiety <laughs> I don't know man you give somebody acid who's already anxious and it's uh, typically not a uh, probably not a good thing good scene man yeah, and it just goes along with the the age-old musician slash uh, stereotype of doing things they shouldn't be doing. Uh, you ever read any Aldous Huxley? <sighs> Actually, Ava's reading. No, Samantha's reading um, Brave New World right now. Okay, and she hates it. Uh, yeah, she hates it. Like she doesn't want to, and she just loves to read, and she does not want to read. Was it. she just not like the story or the premise or the writing style? I think she thinks it's just boring. And I was like, well, there's actually a good. There's an interesting kind of dystopian background to it. It's Brave Brave New World is the one where you can be an alpha, beta, or an epsilon. Is that the one I'm thinking of? It's the babies in the in the they're, they're soma. Like, they give you the, the drug yeah, soma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the air organ, I believe, is a thing in that. Uh, I know the happy feely parties was a thing or something like yeah. that. Uh, but Aldous Huxley also wrote a book called The Doors of Perception, uh, where he talks about. Uh, psychedelics and their purpose and he posits that in our brains there is something he called a reducing valve where uh, you know we live in a universe where there is so much that we cannot handle like around us like uh, in in an ethereal sense and uh, certain uh, substances uh, reduce the uh, limit the effectiveness of uh, the reducing valve so you're allowed to perceive more of the unperceivable universe that's around you all the time. Also where the band The Doors got their name from. Yeah, that's right. The Doors of Perception, yeah. Oh. 
The reticular, the, the reticular activating system is what you're talking about. Is that right? Yeah, you can only focus on one thing at a time, otherwise you would go crazy. Right. You would go absolutely insane. If I were to pay attention to those things moving back and forth, what you were playing, whatever Brian's doing, whatever's happening in the background, whatever's happening up there, but you can do it one at a time. But if it was all at once, no, your brain filters it out, otherwise you'd go mad. Yeah. You'd want a steaming hot Guinness. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> He's back. He's <laughs> hot. A steaming hot Guinness. <laughs> Dan's stereotypical Irish alter ego is back. <laughs> Dan O. Powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Tony Robbins talks about the reticular activating system. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. What, your favorite guy. Was a giant. Giant man. Giant. Giantman.com. You can find him at giantman.com and all socials at giantman. Um, how do we get on this? That's, cr- that's like LSD. F- oh, LSD. Backwards. Magical. Mystery tour. No. Uh, Sergeant Peppers, right? Gotcha. So yeah, McCartney had the idea for the song um, involving an Edwardian, an Edwardian uh, military band that formed the impetus of the Sergeant Pepper concept. Edwardian relating to King, King Edward. Edward. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I mean, I, it's not. You know, actually, I do want to say one thing. So I went to a party once. Okay. And just I once? like just once, just once. You're not, a lot of, you're not invited to a lot of parties because I want a steaming hot Guinness. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and this one guy was hosting the party. Nice guy, really like him a lot. Um, charming fellow, as they say. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, he knows I'm a musician. He's like, "Oh, you listen to the Beatles?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I hate Sgt. Pepper's. I think it's the worst album of all time." Proceeded to go on a rant oh. for like five minutes, and oh, I was man. like, "Okay, okay." I think it's the the, the songs are. Sh- it's nothing better when somebody just comes in unsolicited, just lays their opinions on you, right? Well, it's just, but it's to your point about the Beatles. It's either they de- loathe, and he's a millennial yeah, like there's, you. There's no middle ground. Yeah. There's no middle ground. But loathe, I mean, he's like, I don't like the Beatles in general. I think they're overrated. But Sar- Sergeant Peppers specifically. Well, I mean, in that guy's defense, I feel like if you like the Beatles sound, there's not a lot of that sound on that album. It's that sound obfuscated through other things. It is... Obfuscated? It's, you know... Don't use those th- big words around me. <laughs> it, it's through the Indian music, and it's mm-hmm. through the sort of, like, music hall stuff of the 30s. Yeah, Tim Pan Alley kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Or it's through the Carney, real psychedelic... Carney music. Yeah, Carney music. It's <laughs> <laughs> real psychedelic stuff. Like, I understand if you love the traditional Beatles sound, that isn't always the most traditional Beatles-sounding album. Yeah. No, definitely not. By late 1965, the Beatles had grown wary of live performance, according to Wikipedia. In John Lennon's opinion, they could send out four waxworks that would satisfy the crowds. They, did, they just wanted to stop playing live yeah. and wanted to do something different. Yeah. Well, when you realize that the speakers they were playing out of a Shea Stadium are like the speakers we have hanging up here that yeah. I'm trying to get a shot of here, like there's no way people could have heard them with any, with any accuracy or clarity my, whatsoever. My dad was there. And he wow. attests that he can, could not hear them. You just heard screaming. Just screaming. Yeah. yeah. And saw like these like four guys like way across the baseball field. Well, t- to that point, if you watch the uh, the documentary on that show and in that time, mm. during that time, they couldn't hear each other. But when you hear the performance, spot on. Really? Occasionally they'll drift the tempo a little bit, but for the most part, they are like the harmonies wow. were spot on. The melody was spot on. Nobody could hear Ringo. Ringo was just like, "Hey man, you know, like nothing." Speaking of Ringo, he sings on this album. He sings uh, 
What does he sing? Lovely with, Rita? With Little Help from My Friends. The, oh, he sings Little Help from My yeah. Friends. Oh, which yeah, has, that's right. Which has an amazing bass line. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That bass line is killer. I don't know what the bass line is. But no, it, 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 it's, it's real flowery and, you know, real McCartney-ish. And it was only on four track, right? Yeah, I, I believe they only had a four track in the studio for that. Which is, again, crazy me thinking about all the overdubs on that all happening on a four track machine. Just piled on and piled on and mixed down and mixed down. Now you could just have seven million tracks. And the fact forever. that there's still so much clarity on that with just, you know, if you mess, if you realize the bass was bounced down too low, you really can't fix that. No. Right. So, you know, no. it's crazy. Which is cool working with a four track the four track Tascam tapes back in the day. Oh yeah. And you would try to do that. But the thing is with those, you had so much tape is it's not like two inch tape where you Right, you had exactly. The two inch tape you had this compression that was natural and you had hiss, but it wasn't as bad as like the little tiny tape that you had from Tascam. Right. You forgot to use those things, huh? No. Um, I'm always amazed because I, t- I took a class in audio engineering, believe it or not. No, oh, um, you never you never mentioned that. Oh no, I, yeah, I'm sure that I you did. Did not go to it. Uh, no, it was an online class. Oh, that sounds silly. It was dumb. It was during the the great coronavirus pandemic, which is oh, over, by the way, it's over. Yeah, the who declared the who the, the who? Pete Townsend? Yeah. The Pete Townsend, Townsend came out. The ghost yeah! of Keith Moon came out. And, uh, <laughs> and the who, yes. Uh, no, but I did take it. And I was amazed at the, 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 what they could do with analog, like by like manipulating at the actual tape. How do you do that online, though? I don't understand how you do that class online. Um, it's with a textbook. And <sighs> uh, yeah, there were some things. That's back when I was living at my mom's house, but I was working here. Um, there were like exercises that you could do with certain software, uh, Audacity. You sure weren't living? You weren't living here. I'm. I might have been a little bouncing back and yeah, forth. Okay. Behind the drum kit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Side one, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, track two, with a little help from my friends. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, probably my favorite. Getting better. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is where. Uh, Mr. Lennon talked about beating yep. his woman. Yeah, keeping Un- her unfortunately the things that she loved. Fixing a hole. I, l- I love the guitar solo on "Fixing a Hole." Listen to that sometime. It's a really good George Harrison solo. She's leaving home. What do you think of that? That's not my favorite. Not your oh, favorite. I no. love that one. The string arrangement on that is great. It's a nice arrangement, but again, that's that's not. I don't know. You can hear you can hear how like influential it was if you go and you listen to like. Some of the the Radioheads with strings or with Beck on like Sea Change, like mm-hmm. how much? Because his dad arranged those string sections on Sea Change. Beck. Ah, uh, nepotism at its finest. Well, yeah, I mean, um, Nepo Daddy. Oh, thanks, Dad. I didn't know that. But like, there like there's a lot Mr. of like Beck. stylistic choices, you know, across a lot of popular music that you can like trace back. It's a beautiful song. I don't know how it got onto this record. Who's this? Special guest. Oh, look at that. Special guest for the podcast. I'm married to that person. Special (laughs) guest for the podcast. Special guest for the podcast, Melissa Powers. Melissa Powers is here. She said, no, thank you. No, thank you. Melissa, meet Brian. Brian, Melissa. She doesn't doesn't want any part of this failing endeavor. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to have to get a job soon. And if she's, (laughs) if anybody finds out that she was on this show or related to me, 
She will not get that job. She's got to preserve that uh, anonymity. Uh, with uh, benefit from Mr. Kite. I, I love that song. Yeah, me too. My first ever email address was mrkite2 at, at AOL.com. Wow. Ah. Are you kidding me? There was only uh, one Mr. Kite previously taken? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I got an early on AOL now. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> then you got Within You, Without You on side two. When I'm 64. Uh, the lovely Rita. Uh, good morning, good morning. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band reprise. And of course, A Day in the Life. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I think A Day in the Life is my favorite. So beautiful. So did George Martin come up with that arrangement at the end? or the, did Apparently McCartney did. I think McCartney did. Yeah, yeah. McCartney said, just like he told everyone in the orchestra, start at your lowest note and end at your highest note. But and chromatic chaos. And then they start at C or whatever it is. You give them all a start, the same starting note and just said you have however many measures to get there. And the, the musicians were all classical folks who were used to just reading a chart. Yeah. And they didn't like it at first, but he... He had them like try to get into the spirit. He put hats on them. They had him try to dress up and just like have uh, fun with it. But when you listen to it, it it sounds chaotic, and then at a certain point, it starts to coalesce yeah. and it ends on that note. It's a really beautiful, cool and, way to end a song. And for the band, they had an alarm clock, right, counting out. What yeah. was it? I think it's sixteen, wow. me- 16 measures. I think sixteen Ooh. measures. You can hear them counting. You can hear right? them counting it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, McCartney can't read music. Yeah, I don't think any of them could, actually. I'm trying to remember the, Mac- the McCartney album that I bought that was the orchestral work. There's a couple of them, yeah. I forget it. But, um, so y- you would, so this, y- you went on, on the record of saying that Let It Be was a mid album yeah yeah and you had a problem with that yeah i i wouldn't i love let it be i love let it be but it's 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 it's, it's a mid beatles album yeah it got panned by critics well let it be the album pan like it was like uh (laughs) your wife is leaving get out of here bye melissa leave you sure you want to come on stage Wait, can we go wide shot? Can we go wide shot? I can see the top of her head on the wide hey, shot. Hey, <laughs> wave, wave at the wide shot cam. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you naked? Like, what's the problem here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like we're what? Okay, yeah. All right, goodbye, goodbye. Wait, come back on stage. Yeah, we'll interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So it's not mid. No, this is this is a great album. It's not not my favorite, but it's a great album. You? Oh, uh, it's a great album. Yeah. Okay. Totally agree. So what? Not a controversial opinion. I, I like to stay <laughs> away from the 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 Beatles for a while after this. So then, what would be your favorite Beatles album? Uh, the White Album is my favorite. Ooh. It, it has everything, right? It, it has like the hardest rock they ever did with with Helter Shelter. Mm-hmm. It has the quietest stuff with I Will and Julia. Mm-hmm. It has um, some just to me like the some of the. I mean, well, My Guitar Gently Weeps is one of the greatest recordings of all time. Yeah. Sure. Um, it has silly stuff. It has serious stuff. It has everything. That's that's my platonic ideal of a Beatles album. Okay. Do you have a daughter? I do. Did you name her Julia? No, I didn't. Oh, I was going to say. Was, that was one of the names. I oh, thought so. But, uh, no. no. There's a version of Julia by Modesky, Schofield, Martin, and Wood that's okay. just oh, I'll check chef's, that out. chef's kiss. 
Um, what is my, your favorite? Kevin? My favorite is definitely going to be Revolver. Uh, just because it was, they you could see that they were coming into them themselves. You know, they were they were discovering like what they wanted to do musically. Yep. Outside of like the boy band idiom, um, the music started to get uh, a little bit experimental, um, complex, but like still like accessible to a point where like, you know, people are like able to listen to it and enjoy it. You know, yeah. without thinking too hard about it, right? Cool. Dan, what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite is probably Let It Be, believe it or not. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mid, and, mid and everything. Huh? Mid and yeah. yeah. I've always loved it. I, l- I loved it even when they re-released it, Let It Be Naked. I actually like that version better. It's great. Yeah. There's something about it that I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the quality of, of McCartney's voice in Let It Be just like kills me every single time I hear it. Um, and then, I don't know. I think that because there's so much tension in the way that it was done and it got back to their original basics, I thought the songs were great. It'd always be a favorite to mine. <laughs> oh my god. My goodness. Um, yeah, sorry. Well, we got to put down the Beatles for a while because, I mean, you know what? We talked a lot about the Beatles. We did. We have. We did. Yeah, but it's we hard to talk about, you know, pop music without talking about the Beatles. Well, according to some people, yeah, they could care less pay homage to the predecessors speaking of pop music your friend ed sheeran was acquitted in all charges of was murder he he was, yes he was we got an update yes. we got a sheeran update yep yeah he, is, he did not murder what <laughs> yeah uh, your honor we do define the planet the the the, pun, the, the dependent <laughs> the, the dependent uh, guilty in all charges of <laughs> not leaving his house <laughs> um that's well. That's good for Ed Sheeran. I'm happy for him. Yeah, and, and it's the, good for musicians and music. And in the spirit of what he did, I'm going to now play uh, his song okay. uh, and uh, get paid for it. Uh, well, while Kevin plays that, I will share the worst part of this, which is that apparently he had to miss his grandmother's funeral because he had to be on trial that day. Oh. And like in the eulogy, his dad was like. He would be here, but he's on trial for this stupid lawsuit, and uh, <laughs> like used used the grandmother's funeral as like an opportunity to get at the Marvin Gaye estate. So. Wow, money corrupts. If money was the be all end all answer to everything, there would be no problems in the world. And I think that it's a shame that Mr. Ed Sheeran, um, aka Ron Weasley, was sued for the uh, borrowing of tactics used in songs but the very common tactics very common the spirit remains original congratulations mr ron weasley i'm so glad we got uh closure yeah there's gonna be another one if if he was found guilty they would have come out of the woodwork it would have been everything yeah i I think that it's it's good that that the judge was like oh no i understand but no you're right can you imagine how many? I was listening to two songs yesterday that were that sounded identical to something else. And you look at the co-writer of "Let's Get It On" and uh, how many uh, chord songs with chord progressions with the one four one six four five. Like he was in a duop band, and like that was the majority of their music. Yep, <laughs> that's painful. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes a copier. Um, as we play other people's music on the song, Cho. Uh, so the other thing I want to talk about today was uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith is going on tour this year. Last time, they are they're old. They better stop. They are. 
But uh, you know what my uh, favorite band in sixth grade. Sixth grade would be what album? Like get a get a grip, like living on oh, the edge. That. Living on the edge. Yeah. When you're like twelve, that's that's that's, that's a great album. Pump. Pump's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. That's what they uh, that album that's on. Uh, that was album before that one. <sighs> pump. Yeah. Pump. Definitely a just a solid rock band. Just like yeah, you think of Aerosmith as just like rock, distorted guitar in A. Yeah. With Steven Tyler's an amazing vocalist. Yeah. Like with a with a like very dynamic range, but like not like his like he goes high, but it's not in a jarring way. Like Brian freaking Johnson from ACDC. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. like it's he's melodic with it and he's tasteful. Yeah. You know. My uh, my best friend from, from from sixth grade and I now live a thousand miles apart. We're gonna try and meet in the middle for an Aerosmith concert for this tour. Okay. Uh, to go back to our nineteen ninety four roots where we saw Aerosmith together back then. Wow. Is your like best friend from sixth grade somebody really famous? No. Okay. No. He's a tuba instructor. Oh. I saw Aerosmith when what I was. Year? Uh, I must have been in like sixth or seventh grade because I remember the people who I went with and I remember whose dad drove us there. I must have been like sixth grade. Fifth or sixth or seventh grade uh, at MSG. Uh, I don't really remember much about the show. I just remember being there and it being a big deal because it was Aerosmith. And, and arena shows when you're that age just seem like the coolest thing you can imagine. Yeah. Like it's just all these people and the lights and the sound. It's all it's incredible. Yeah. You know, it's it's so exciting when you're that age. So remember we got uh, I got uh, confused as to as uh, Dion Warwick. Having written all of her songs, yes, I got her confused with Diane Warren. With Diane Warren, very. I mean, in my defense, both I'm, DWs. I'm not a smart man. However, pretty. It's a pretty similar name. Dion Warwick. Diane, Diane Warren. Warren. Yeah, both DWs. So Diane Warren I wrote. I don't think that's going to hold up in court. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, I am not a smart man. <laughs> I plead ignorance. Is ignorance is a is a not a defense. It's not a defense. No. I I did not know I could not do that. I didn't know I had to drive. <laughs> thus, I ran off the road and killed people. Your Honor, I did not know that I could not do that. <laughs> That's a great defense, though. <laughs> it really is. Can you have that music again. Uh. <laughs> Your Honor, I did not know. That I could not do that. I don't want to miss a thing. Is a song performed by the American hard rock band, the Aerosmith. Aerosmith as uh, it was a, a theme song for the movie Armageddon. Uh, starring oh, Steven Tyler's still here. son. What's that? I'm sorry, Steven Tyler's daughter. She was in Armageddon, right? Liv, Liv Tyler. Tyler yeah. Yes. Uh, Liv Tyler is a very pretty young lady uh, in this really awful movie. That if Melissa was still here, that she would. <laughs> Three hour sludge fest of just it's effects. The Ben Affleck, the Bruce Willis, star started cast Steve Buscemi. Yes, Steve Buscemi is amazing. He is. Bruce Willis doesn't remember that he was in it. Oof. Ah, too soon. Um, <laughs> what's happening? Solid, solid ballad though. Oh, I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Dionne Warwick, wrote who wrote the song? Diane Warren. Diane Warren. <laughs> See? It's not fair. It's not fair. How getting dare old they, is... How old. dare they be with the same initials? <laughs> how dare they? Yeah. 
What other songs did Diane Warren write? A lot, right? I think she wrote some of those big Celine Dion hits. See, this is, in my defense, tons of songs. Yeah. By the very similarly named <laughs> Diane Warren via Diane Warwick. What are some of those songs? Di- Dion, Dion, Warwick. Dion Warwick. Thank you. Um, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. It's 80s schlock. I, you know, I get weak. If by, you can't handle me at my Jefferson Starship, you don't deserve me at my Jefferson I don't want to live without your love by Chicago. I don't want to live without your love. Chicago? Yeah. yeah. Look Away by Chicago. If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. That's a, that's a classic. Dude. When I See You Smile by Bad English. Right. When I see you smile. You definitely heard that over there. That is a monster ballads uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. Um, Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. Excuse me. This is crazy. She wrote a ton of songs. Love Will Lead You Back by Taylor Dane. Um, How Can We Be Lovers by Michael Bolton. She wrote that. A lot of She wrote a lot of Bolton, actually. Uh, I'm surprised that, uh, that she wrote a song, two songs for Chicago. In the eighties, that was that was Chicago's kind of bag. They went from like horns and rock and roll to just like the smoothest, yeah, smooth j- smooth jazz, right, Jordan? That's right. He's got a thumbs up. You can't Jordan. you can't walk by without me saying something. J Dog, J Dog. Uh, there's more in here uh, because you love me, Celine Dion, Unbreak My Heart, Tony Braxton. Uh, that's, a, that's a jam. Um, How do I live, Leanne Rhymes? How do I live with? I don't want to miss a thing, Aerosmith. Have you ever by Brandy? She stopped in 2001. Uh, there you'll be is the last one, uh, but there's a ton more. This lady, prolific, absolutely crushed the pop song, and probably made a billion dollars doing it. <laughs> I would think so. That's like three decades worth of of hits. She wrote. It started in 1983 with Laura Branigan, and the last one that they have on here is "There You'll Be" by Faith Hill. That's incredible. Dionne Warwick doing a great job as usual. Dionne Warren. <laughs> Just an incredible songwriter. Friend of the show. Yeah. Thanks for watching Diane. She's the yeah. psychic friends. That's Dionne. That's Dionne. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but Aerosmith. So, you, I've never seen Aerosmith live. This is it. They're, they're gone after this. This well, is it. Th- is it? Big air quotes around it, but yeah. Um, Tyler's like 70-something. Yeah, but you know what? They'll do a Vegas residency. This is the last tour. That's the big thing now. Elton John, this is the last tour. They'll yeah. still do shows here and there. They'll do a residency. No more touring. No I mean, more this touring. Is, this is the same thing. So. That's where you make your money. Yeah, but Vegas residency is... If you can do a Vegas residency, that's the best of both worlds. I'm considering going and seeing the, uh, the, the U2 uh, shows in November. I'm a big U2 fan. Are you a big Octung Baby fan? Because that's, that's what they do. Pretty there. much the whole catalog. Okay. I love pretty much it. It's one of the only bands that I don't get sick of. I was talking with my student Mike yesterday. Remember that time we did... Uh, we did... We did it from the Joshua Tree. No. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. It we was... Did. Uh, no, it was... Where the Streets Have No Name. No, 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 no. It was... Um, Vertigo? Stuff. We did Vertigo and then Beautiful Day. Beautiful Day, yeah. A segue from one to the other and then back to Vertigo. Here, on this stage, on this very stage. On this very you stage sang. in front of dozens of people. You sang that. I did. Yeah. 
I've got I got a voice. Um, I can sing. You have a bottle vox. I do. And at the the St. Patty's Day parade. Yeah, St. Patty's Day parade. We did that too. Okay. That was fun. No, I'm, wa- I'm waiting for the character to come out now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this uh, TV! Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you we just did. reminded me of it. Streets, streets have no name. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Uh, Give me a Guinness. Hot. God. And he was just in a bath of hot Guinness <laughs> at that time. Uh, if you whiskey. or someone you know uh, is affected by doing these terrible impressions. <laughs> It's like a caricature. It is a caricature. <laughs> it's just I'm as an offensive. Higher <laughs> nationality of pee hole. <laughs> well, no, they, they appreciate it. Be like, yeah, my uncle. They appreciate I'm a. I love this. They stuff. love this stuff. <laughs> Eat it up. <laughs> oh, my uncle kind of sounds like that. I'm a one eighth Irish and one eighth offended. <laughs> <laughs> Sicilian and Scottish and German and Polish. And I can see. I can, I, uh, I have Irish relatives. They're all. They all died of alcoholism and all uh, that hot Guinness, huh? It's all that hot Guinness. <laughs> yeah, I mean they grew up Burns in the esophagus. <laughs> they all went to world. They were all in World War Two. Oh man! And preceding wars. Wow. They were all in the working class. Yeah. They were all in the mob on the Jersey side. And. Uh, <laughs> Seriously? When you just say they're in the mob, you don't have to wink. You've already <laughs> revealed the hidden information. If you said, like, they're in a secret society, wink. Like, that's one thing. But you just said, they're in the mob, wink. <laughs> so it's just a, uh, on that note, my uh, grandfather was an accountant, uh, as was my father. And uh-huh. my father gr- inherited from my grandfather a Rolodex. Uh-huh. And it had a lot of uh, very influential people. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Princes. Uh, chancellors. Yeah, this is Joyzy. Yeah, you don't mess around in Joyzy. And my, my my grandfather was the one who's off the boat Sicilian. So oh, not, forget about not it. Not saying anything too yeah. too damning on here. Gravy or no gravy? Uh, if there's meat in it. If there's meat in it, is it gravy? I call it red sauce. See, it's gravy. Marinara. Not marinara. <laughs> marinara. <laughs> Mozzarella. Mozzarella. Gabagool. Gabagool. Gravy. Love, love me some gabagool. Love me some uh, pinchette. I had a, a, a girlfriend in Middle Village, which is, forget about it, over there, right? The cutlets, the sauce. Uh, couldn't leave without eating. That kind of place. And um, my wife had to ask me to stop doing every Sunday making a big. Like, that was my thing. Like it's Sunday. It's what you do. She's like, it's what you do? Can we not do that every? Sunday? We do some Sundays, but like, can we not do it every Sunday? You gotta have sauce on Sunday. It's Sunday sauce. It's, it's the, the best. Sunday sauce. My my. Uh, this is great. My um, grandmother. Li- no, my my great aunt who lived in Bergenfield used to make sauce every Sunday gravy, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a thing. You had to go there. But I never got to go there because we live in Queens. If you know anything about Queens, the amount of time it takes to get to New Jersey is in a tremendous amount of time. So you don't do it. Uh, but they did that, and I missed out on it. And she passed away. She was a good person. And that's it. That's all I want to say about that. She died of natural causes, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did have an uncle who did take numbers at the docks. Okay. Uh, he, will be rena- uh, he will remain nameless. I took numbers at a deli. Yeah, number <laughs> 25, Gabagool. <laughs> Can we get a pound of Gabagool? Uh, yeah, so, and 
I didn't get to go through this before, but Real Brave is a music studio. Uh, we sell Gabagool. Um, Audio Gabagool. <laughs> if you want to learn a less, you want to learn an instrument like that, go to realbraveaudio.com. Uh, check us out there on all socials at Real Brave Inc. Uh, you can log into our website and get a free lesson. This show is all about just talking about music. Two, three musicians in a room, four, five, seven uh, musicians in a room talking about music, what it's like, all that stuff. Every week, we uh, do this, so you should come back and listen to it. Um, anything you want to say about that, Kevin? Uh, no. All right. We'll see you next week here on Real Brave Live. Sure. Sure.